Time now for the Off Day Podcast with Andy Hart and Chris Scheim on WEEI.com. Back for another Off Day Podcast focused on the 2022 NFL Draft and various positional prospects. And today, we get to guys that I know Chris Scheim likes. Those are fat guys on defense. Gotta love the fats. I guess not all fats. With defensive tackles, we'll talk about some edge guys, some pass rushers, end of the line of scrimmage guys. And we'll talk about it, obviously, from a Patriots perspective. I'm Andy Hart, and that voice you heard is indeed Chris Scheim. First of all, let's just talk about the need for the Patriots. Uh, I think a lot of mock drafts, or a decent number of mock drafts, uh, through the course of time, have looked at potential big bodies. I know our buddy uh, Mike Giardi talked about big bodies on both sides of the line. Offensive big bodies, but also potentially defensive big bodies. How likely do you think it is that a defensive guy defensive line defensive big body is is a potential target in the first round i I mean i wouldn't put it past the patriots especially because i think edge seems like a very logical choice for them because outside of matt judon you don't have a whole lot of edge presence um in my opinion and i think barmore is coming on strong which is really good for you so i guess you could add to that but in my head it doesn't make sense to re-dip into the first two rounds to pair another guy next to Barmore, uh, unless you're like really dedicated to your upfront uh, 4-3 defense, which I just don't think – I think Belichick will find some big guy off the scrap heap knowing how Barmore has played in his rookie season. Um, and, and so the more important spot there to me means edge, opposite Matt Judon, because I think you saw Matt Judon kind of disappear, especially late in the season last year, whether that was injury-related or he was just starting to get double-teamed. You need something coming off the other edge – uh, in order to support him, and, and I think that's kind of where the best choice for the Patriots would reside if they were to go to uh, defensive fat guy in the first round. Yeah, I think it's um, the need is debatable because we've had so many comparisons to the early dynasty. You know, Mac Jones is the quarterback, and ooh, they got Barmore. He's the Seymour, like kind of the way they're building it. And and definitely early on, they built on the defensive front from Seymour to Ty Warren to Vince Wilfork. They, yep. they liked their big bodies. So, and there's always been this theory that Belichick is is better at drafting the big bodies and the closer to the ball that he drafts, the better his success rate um, over the years. And so I, I, I wouldn't necessarily rule out. And there's also this theory that if you're going to go light in the second and third levels, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, multiple safeties on the field and safeties playing yep. linebacker. Well, sometimes the way you balance that out is wanting to be really good on your defensive line and your front four there. Um, so there's kind of varying theories and, and things you could throw out there. Um, but I also would say you have Barmore. Devon Godcha is still here. I know there's. Yeah. You know, and he was fine. Like he wasn't bad. Fine. Maybe overpaid, but fine. You know, yeah. kind of symbolic, I guess, of a lot of guys they brought in last year that did Definitely. the job, but maybe overpaid. You also have uh, Henry Anderson, who was a non-factor before he got hurt last year, still on the roster. You have Dietrich Wise. Like, you still have some guys there. And as you said, you can always find a a average caliber veteran defensive tackle type. They just... Just a fat body to stick in there for run defense. You can always do that. And, and I think the Patriots have had success in doing that. Um, and it makes sense too. like you really want to have four guys on the field that can play every down, but you also want to be able to cycle guys in and out just to keep them fresh. Um, and I think you're going to see a lot of four down linemen with this team. I think they're just going to play a lot of four linemen, a lot of defensive backs, safeties that are also variable linebackers in ways like that. And they're just going to keep four down linemen at all time. Cause that seems to be the new, scheme flavor of the year for the NFL right now. That's the system that just seems to work, especially against a, uh, you know, a, a league that's so heavily pass based It's just four down linemen. The two guys in the middle kind of help control the run. The guys on the outside, try and get after the quarterback and you go from there. So uh, a name I want to talk about, cause he seems like he, and we're starting with the fat guys. We'll move to the edge guys, the sexier guy cool. a little bit later. Um, is Jordan Davis, the, yeah. uh, I guess, combine wonder, really saw his stock and his popularity and his name recognition take off because at six foot six, 341 pounds, he ran he can scoot. four, seven, eight. That's faster than I can run a 40, and he weighs, he has close to 100 pounds on me. I'm going to say that's faster than lots of linebackers and tight ends and guys yeah. in the NFL right now. Now, again, 
everybody ran a fast 40 time. I still True. am not sure I buy all the 40 times. I still. But even still, you can't deny how much of a freak athlete this guy is at 6'6", 340. Kid can scoot. He, I, you know, I don't think he ran the three cone drill, but like he's just got this ridiculous size. And when you watch him on tape, like it, it makes some sense. Like he's pretty quick for a oh, big guy. Yeah, no, he, he can move. He's an athlete, um, four-year defender for them, like a lot of experience. Uh, I read one of the quotes was Nick Saban said, I think after the playoff game, as good a, a, a player at that position as I've seen in a long, long time. And like, yeah, when you get Nick Saban's stamp of approval, that's that's a pretty good stamp of Especially approval. Especially and you don't even play on his team, so he has no reason right. to pump you up. Right. That's when you know it's legit. Um, you know, he's an All-American, Outland Trophy, kind of the kind of the guy up front yep. the one thing i will say and i want to get into a little bit of a quick general discussion here um because I, I used to always talk about this with paul perillo when we do similar podcasts on patriots.com and that that front for georgia that whole defense for georgia was loaded insane and it's like we always would say well who's batman and who's robin like who's the reason they're good who's kind of working complementary with that guy so that theory that you have right there is exactly why I'm going to kind of, I've kind of had it with a lot of the um, draft populi when it comes to edge rushers. Uh, Because I think that directly ties into Trayvon Walker. I don't want to get ahead of my skates here, but he is the fastest riser on draft boards I've seen since Baker Mayfield. See, like he is, and he, this guy doesn't play quarterback. I wanted to touch on him because, or two months ago, whenever it was, mock drafts, he was a popular, maybe he makes sense for the Patriots at 21, Walker. And yep. now it's like, well, maybe he makes sense for the number one overall pick. He's a guy that... Which is stupid. What are we doing? This guy, athletically, I, I, I can understand it. Like, Georgia just has a plethora of athletic players. But people don't understand that this guy played D-tackle originally at Georgia and then was kicked outside because he was the third best D-tackle on the team. Like, it's not because he's this tremendous pass rusher. He had nine and a half total sacks in three seasons for Georgia. And that's that's as many as Kayvon Thibodeau has had in a single season. Well, and that's why there's a little bit there, like, because that was the, again, Richard Seymour was a riser, six pick in the draft, and you know, Ron Borges was all worked up because he didn't have any sacks. He wasn't an impact guy. Now, Belichick didn't care. He was drafting him to be a 3-4 end, tackle eater, versatile guy, play some nose tackle too. Um, yeah, I, I think Walker is fine. Now, he's, a, again, all these guys are freaks. 4-5, even at 275, 4-5-1 yeah. is a pretty damn fast 40 time. Like, Yeah, insane. Great athlete. And I just wonder, he's playing next to Davis. We'll get to uh, Wyatt, Devontae Wyatt in a minute. You had N'Kobe Dean running around for you. It's like there's all these first-round picks, and I know Alabama does this every year, and you start to, again, figure out who you really like, who's the centerpiece player. Um, But Jordan Davis, I just feel like – I don't know. I'm not as high on him as everybody seems to be. I just – That's fair. It won't stun me if Davis just has a solid NFL career. But 100% I 100% agree. I think people are envisioning because of his size and his measurables and his 40 time, like this dominant interior, like a combination of of Warren Sapp and Aaron Donald and JJ Watt and like. Put I don't it all think together. that's. I just don't think that's who he is. Like I no. don't think there's. I also don't think the Georgia defensive linemen are built that way, right? The Georgia defensive linemen, in my opinion, were all exceptional run defenders, and then the best pass rusher out of the bunch. Might be Devontae Wyatt, who we haven't even gotten to yet. Yes, and, another fat guy that runs fast. Yeah, and, and <laughs> which is insane to me, by the way. Um, and, and so I, I like Jordan Davis. I think he could have a very Vil, Vince Wilfork-esque career, right? Where he's a mainstay on one team for 10 years. He's going to make a couple of Pro Bowls, maybe even an All-Pro, but he's not going to be like a perennial All-Pro, All-World D-tackle. I just, I just don't see that. Um, but... As a pick in the late 20s, to get a guy that's on your team for 10 years, I think that's a hit, right? Yeah. Well, I would say of both of these guys, like, I don't think either of them is going to be some bust that's out of the league in two years. No. To me, they're going to be like... I don't think any of the Georgia players are, to be honest. Like most of At least these top guys, the top end talent on Georgia won't be. And we should mention that the Kirby Smart Alabama ties to Georgia, mm-hmm. the defense, to the Patriots, like, they're in the same family or world yep. 
So I certainly think that would benefit these guys in terms of a transition or how they'd fit, what Belichick would like them to do. And so let's let's go into Wyatt a little bit too. Um, while we're six three, three oh four, so he's he's a little fella compared to Davis, yeah. but ran his own four seven seven forty. Um, definitely, you can see his motor and his athletic ability. You know, not not quite as recognized, but again, twenty five starts um, for them. Tackles for loss, sacks, like decent production, definitely quick off the snap. Like, I don't think either guy is going to have a bad NFL career. I think they're going to be. No, you know, I'm with you. My question is, in the in the league we're in now, or or even from a Patriots perspective, when we talk about impact game-changing players, like this team doesn't have playmakers necessarily that measure up to a lot of the other teams, you know, that they're, they're facing offensively or defensively, quite yeah. frankly. Are, are one of these guys, do they change that? Do they fill that void? I don't, I don't think so. And also the thing we haven't even touched on with Wyatt, by the way, he's now being pulled off a multitude of draft boards, according to reports, because of concerns on character issues. Like there's a chance that this that. is, yeah. So here's an update for you. There you go. There's allegedly, there was a domestic violence in his past. I know that. So that, and there's a lot of allegedly there's reports of like a lot of family violence issues in general. Okay. And so there's a multitude of character concerns with this guy now. So in my opinion, I, I think Devonte Wyatt could be just as successful as Jordan Davis in the NFL, but have a Randy Gregory style fall in the draft where it's like projected first round guy might actually drop out of the first round into the middle, late second round. Yeah. If um, I can get him a day two or maybe even got to take like, the shot, assuming I've you know done enough research so that I don't think it's going to be a massive headache um, yeah. off the field. Cause I did say I, 2020 domestic violence arrest. He was later yep. dropped. So I don't know where that went. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. I, Cause I do think he's a, he would be a good depth addition. If you can get him in like the third round, let's just say he drops to the third round and I've checked off like cornerback and wide receiver in the first two rounds. You take a shot. Totally different. But if I take 21 Jordan Davis or now I just, I don't, I don't see the value there in terms of the team's needs and, and construction um, as it comes together. Uh, and Trayvon Walker, again, two months ago, he was like a mock to the Patriots. Now I, I saw some of those betting odds where they do the overs unders where guys are going like, to go. Plus, he's he's number two on the odds to go Ooh. number one overall. It's it's borderline ridiculous, but it's insanity. Good for him. And, and there was even talk out of Jacksonville that because you know um, Trent Balky has a defensive um, line background. When he was with the Niners, they would go heavy on the defensive line, put a lot of stock value there. And everybody thinks Aiden Hutchinson is the the guy. We'll get into him in a little bit, but that he really likes Walker better and his upside, but he's afraid to not make the obvious pick. And like, I also think there's a chance. So, so Walker has risen up these boards. I think there's a chance he is like the seventh best Georgia player in the draft. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's true. Like you have. Lewis Seen, another fast riser, yep. is awesome. Yep. You have Nicobe Dean. You have Jordan Davis. You have Devontae uh, uh, Wyatt. You have, I, I mean, like, there's so many other Georgia players that may be just better than him. Right. And it's, and there was a guy who was on Georgia who then transferred and I think is also better than him and isn't slated to go as high. So I, I just it's a it's a weird weird thing with this Trayvon Walker. I don't buy it. Uh, I'm a betting man. The over under on his draft position right now is three and a half. I am buying the over. I think you even get a little value in that. I want to say it's right around even money. Um, I, I I just I don't see I don't see him going in the top three. I, I just I can't <coughs> I can't imagine a team would take a shot on soul athleticism right like there has to be normally a top 10 pick is athlete athlete plus production right you need both of those things which is what Aiden Hutchinson does right it makes sense but then you look at Walker the production just isn't there the athlete the athleticism is there sure but that means you're a mid to late first round pick not a top 10 pick right yeah oh I've always said top 10 top five I want everything I want yeah you know, size, athleticism, production, character, experience, the whole nine versatility. Like I want that's plug and play. That's perfect fit. That's yeah. Okay. So um, I'll, I'll give you 
the option if you want to throw a name out there. I got a couple more I want to talk about as we sort of look at the top defensive tackle types. Uh, yeah, I, I I like Travis Jones out of UConn. Uh, yep. big fat guy. Yep. Just he's he's just a thick guy. Like I, very similar to how kind of we view Jordan Davis is he's he's pretty athletic for a very big guy. Um, but like, I don't think he's going to be a super, he's not going to be an Aaron Donald, like pass rusher style. No. You're going to plop him into a defense. You're going to expect him to stop the run. You're going to get him out on pass rush downs. And that's kind of what he is. Like, I don't think he's going to be, uh, he might sneak into the first round. I doubt it. Um, but I think that's more of a, a day two pick. Yep. Um, but I actually really like him. I think that there could be a lot of value for that in like a Patriots pick, right? Like if you happen to go receiver with your first pick in the first round and then went. Travis Jones in the second, I think I'd be okay with that because I think a, a Jones-Barmore combo is actually a really good pairing because I think they'd play off of each other very well. Could not agree more. He is a Patriots D-tackle, nose-tackle type, two-gapper. He's yep. got the hands. You see all these footage of where he's just locking out and then he yeah, rips the guys to one side he's of the strong. other. Yep, read and react kind of player. Um, captain, three-year starter, so experience. I know it's not the best program in terms of you know it doesn't matter you're a d1 athlete like right you and you can play i'd also say this is where like things are getting silly to me like he's just kind of a run-of-the-mill d tackle like middle of the you know second third round whatever he ends up being six four three twenty five runs a four nine forty and that's not even like no but it's not even notable anymore it's like (laughs) well that guy's weighs 335 and he runs a four seven so yes i i just where we've gone big any guy over 300 that runs sub five, I think that's impressive. Is ridiculous to me. Yep. And so, like, I, I think he would make a perfect, perfect fit for the Patriots. If you, you did have the idea of, I got my Barmore, who's my versatile pocket collapser guy, and then I want just a true sort of two-gap nose tackle tree stump for the middle. <laughs> exactly. I, I think that's Travis Jones. Um, a couple other guys I did want to mention – um, before we move on to edge guys, the um, DeMarvin Leal or Leal, I guess, out of mm-hmm. Texas A&M, um, a little bit more of an athletic defensive tackle type. One of those tweeners, like 280 something. Yep. Is he an end? Is he a tackle? Um, Pretty productive, though, from the inside. Eight and a half sacks. No question. That's good. No question. Eight and a half. And like. And it's Texas A&M, so it's not some schmuck school either. That's that's the SEC. Right. Um, I think he was a second-team All-American, like had the production, obviously a highly recruited kid when he got there. I just, when I look at him, I say, like, I have Barmore. Like, to me, that would yeah. be kind of filling the Barmore. I don't need a backup to Barmore. Yeah, he's definitely not a Patriots I player. don't know if I – and then I know another guy that people sort of fell in love with in that same mold, 6'6", 285, Two-year starter is Logan Hall out of Houston. Yeah, out of Houston. Um, yep. A 4-8-8-40 guy. I don't love him. He played mostly inside in college. He, yeah, which is weird because he doesn't – like, he doesn't look like your natural inside no, guy. not at all. And I think he's going to have to bump out in the NFL. Like, I don't think he can live on the inside in the NFL. And he just doesn't have a lot of experience there. So, so it's just like it's a tough spot to be in because it's if you're drafting him – Knowing you're going to kick him outside, you also have to be prepared to, to teach him a right. lot. So I don't, I'm not as big a fan. I know I started to see him in a lot of like multi-round mock drafts for the Patriots. People were yeah. like, oh, Logan Hall, Logan. I don't buy it. I, I, meh. I'm kind of meh on I'm him. Um, there was a kid out of Alabama that um, this. Uh, uh, oh, Fedarian Mathis. Yeah, I think he goes by Phil. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, I'll like call that. him Phil Mathis since I don't really get the. <laughs> first name very easily another um, another true fat definitely a true fat and anytime i see a true fat out of alabama that's a potential patriot because the two oh, gaps sort of the technique they'll be looking for six four three ten i think um to me i wrote nose tackle with upside like at worst yes he's like just a nose tackle just a sort of run stuffer or whatever you want to call it but i do think he has a little bit of athletic upside um I liked one of the quotes from a scout was a controlled maniac, which I kind of liked if I'm looking for some trench warfare. And he did like a crew nine sacks, which is actually kind of, which is very impressive for an interior. Yeah. Yeah. Now they moved him all over. I feel like he could be like one of those versatile Belichick backup, like, Oh yeah. Jack of all trades. Another great piece next to Barmore, a former teammate like that. It makes sense. Makes a hundred percent. And then the kid out of, uh, I don't know if you look, watched him, the, Carry on Winfrey. 
Oh, the kid out of Oklahoma. Out of Oklahoma, 6'4", yep. 290, um, 48940. I-, I liked him as a mid-round value. He was more of like a longer, more of in that yes. bar more, l- l- got some length, tweener, Dietrich-wise, edge interior, sub-rusher um, yep. kind of guy. I think he had 20 career starts. He was the senior bowl MVP, which gave him a little boost in the stock area. Um, he has a crazy wingspan for like sort of just like pressing people off of him. Um, but again, I put him more in that bar more mold. So I don't know value wise when he goes off the board to fill needs for other teams more so than the Patriots would, would value him. Agreed. Okay. So let's get into the sexy, sexier position. Oh, yeah. Let's get it. So, okay. Let's start with Aiden Hutchinson. Cause we kind of, yeah, kind of Walker. To. Um, Hutchinson has been, I think slotted as the number one pick most of the time for at least the last couple months right and I fi- he finished second in the heisman right like he was super productive yeah he got love it's i think he set the sack record at michigan yeah right? 16 um, and a half and like he looks 14 the part like he definitely has yes. that you know we're all racist in the scouting community i'll say like everybody's like everybody oh, compares him to the watts and the boses watt bosa or the most unique one i saw wasn't kyle vandenbosch it's like oh, i so like, i saw the same one and i left okay. the other one i saw too was ryan kerrigan another white does he compare to any black guys just wondering um i, I just i don't think in the way he plays i just i don't think he does and i'm not I, calling I guess you out in like i'm just no it's that. just the draft process it's we it's we have a white pass rusher edge guy and we have to compare him to other white pass rusher edge guys like it, but it, like the same thing happens in, and it's it's a flaw in the system where the same thing happens at quarterback, right? Like yeah. you see Kenny Pickett, and who do you compare him to? Uh, I'll compare him to Tony Romo. Right. Well, why can't you compare him to like Donovan McNabb? Right. It's it, it's 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 weird. It's a problem. I'm trying not to be a part of the problem, and I'm trying to solve that problem. But with Aiden Hutchinson, I can't come up with a good comp. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I like Hutchinson a lot. I think he, if I'm Jacksonville. He is a super safe pick. Like you will never like ever. I'm not saying he's going to win you a defensive player of the year. Nope. I'm not saying you necessarily build a defense. Here's the thing. Let's get it out there. He's not JJ Watt. Right. He's not. He's not a Bosa. He's not JJ Watt. He's probably never going to lead the league in sacks in a single season. He may, he, he will probably have multiple double digit sack seasons, Correct. but he's, gonna be borderline all pro occasionally but not consistently but he's never gonna be a problem right he's never gonna be a problem for your organization he's never gonna be a problem on the football field he's he's a grinder he's just one of those guys that's the word that you the the buzzword you hear with Aiden Hutchinson is he's a grinder he gets a lot of effort sacks and that's fine like I have no problem that's not a bad thing like because I don't want to be disrespectful he is long athletic like there's a lot to like physically. I don't want to yep. pretend like his again, three cone drill was nuts. I don't want to pretend he's a high motor guy only and like gets by just on effort. And if you're telling me I'm drafting a guy who has tools, but also plays his ass off. Like mm-hmm. that's what I want on some level. Like you don't want to ha- like Jadevi and Clowney was the opposite. Everybody thinks he yeah. has all the tools in the world. And it's like, when he wants to be good, he can be good. But when is that? By the way, my uh, comp for Trayvon Walker was a Jadavion Clowney with less flashy plays. Right. So, there so, you go. so I, I I would feel very comfortable if I were the the Jags taking Hutchinson. I would much. I, I think you have to. I, I do want to mention the one big flaw with Aiden Hutchinson because there's always a flaw with pa- players. We always find them. Uh, and Aiden Hutchinson, it's the arm length. He, he's got right. like for a for a guy who's what six seven. Six seven. He's yeah. got. He's got short arms. It's not good. There's nothing because wrong with especially short arms. The, no, I, hey, I got short arms too, all right? I'm part of the T-Rex gang. I'm a okay. short guy. Okay. I'm a stubby guy. It is what it is. But for a guy who's 6'7", which is like, you know, almost a foot tall, it's a foot taller than you, right? No. Just about less than a foot taller than me. <laughs> okay, just shy of a foot taller than you. Jack wagon. <laughs> and he, he has he has some of the shortest arms in the draft. Like, it's just, you have to point out that problem, especially as a pass rusher, when you need to be able to get length and get at a, an offensive tackle who is absolutely going to have a massive wingspan. So that's just the one flaw you have to point out with Aiden Hutchinson. Because in a normal year, I think this is not a normal year. I think in a normal year, Aiden Hutchinson wouldn't be the first overall pick. No. I just, no, 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 no. I, I don't think, I don't think he amounts to 
the like a Miles Garrett number one overall pick. I just don't think it's that. No, I, I don't think no, I, I think that's accurate. Um, but again, and, and you're right, maybe in the normal year he goes like ninth and you're and like you're really happy. You got a really good player with the ninth pick in the draft and he works out all those things. Okay, so yep. Hutchinson is on one end of the spectrum. Okay, I need I assume this is where we're going next. Can you tell me why Kayvon Thibodeau isn't the number one overall pick? Well, because there's a lot of um, it kind of reminds me of um, of Barmore in a way. There's like these vagaries in terms of oh that he doesn't love football because yes. he likes cryptocurrency. Yeah, we. I hate that. This is such a. It's. I understand the draft process. We've already talked about it. It's flawed. Everybody yep. looks for flaws yep. in every single player. Because Kayvon Thibodeau likes cryptocurrency doesn't mean he's going to be a bad football player. And Come this, to find out, Tom Brady loves a lot of things that aren't football, and he's still the greatest football player of all freaking time. That is true. But if he falls to the face this year, some may say it's because he got distracted in his old years. But That might be true, but this is also a guy who's playing in a golf match. He, he has his own cryptocurrency. He has his own brand. He has his own athletic program. Like, just because you have an interest outside of football – doesn't mean that you have character concerns. Well, whoa, whoa, this is whoa, not whoa. A, you're, I, you know you're talking to Patriots fans. You're talking to a group of fans. I don't, I don't give a rat some, behind. Wait, wait, wait. They took a victory lap when Teddy Bruschi said to Chad Ochocinco, put your phone down and get in your playbook. Because apparently you're supposed to be in your playbook 24-7. You don't talk to your kids or your wife or eat or play a video game. You know, that... That's how Patriot Nation apparently thinks the yeah. world works. Update for Patriot Nation and literally every other fan base out there. That's not the way this generation is. Thanks. This generation of players is very different than your generation of players from the 90s and early 2000s. I'm not okay? even sure Especially... they were that way either, though, really. No, I, I bet no a lot myth. of them weren't. They, it was Yeah, it, exactly. It was the myth of the Patriot way in that in that regard. And Kayvon Thibodeau is allowed to have outside interests. Yes. Look at... You look at some of the best NBA players in the world. Devin Booker, tremendous NBA player. He loves he plays video games and streams all the time. All the time. Right. Like it, guys are allowed to have interests outside of football. You can't just do one thing all the time or it's going to make you insane. And I will say like now one of the quotes I read was his arrogance gets old quickly. He oh. has an arrogance about him. And the thing you're talking about outside interests, I believe I read goes even back to when he went to Oregon and he picked yep. them over a bunch of other schools. And it was like, because they accepted his outside interest or his, well, like, and his, football. he wanted to academically have like uh, some kind of future, right. right? Like, like this is a guy who went to Oregon because they had better academics. And I, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. It isn't. Now I don't, I don't necessarily have a problem with NFL owners either saying, wait a minute, is this guy all in on football? If I hand him, X millions of dollars, how much time and effort and energy am I getting out of him? Um, now, he, he was the guy, I, he felt like he was the presumed number one pick last summer, right? Like He he was the number one pick before the college season last year. Right. He, it, was, it was like him and like DJ Uyagalele, the kid from Clemson, right. who fell on his face and stunk. Right. And, and so Kayvon Thibodeau had a great year. In 10 games, he had a good year. Yep. I wouldn't say great. I would say good. But in, in 10 games, he had seven sacks, 12 tackles for loss, 49 tackles. Yeah, like, that's a good, American. solid production. Yeah. Like, like, I just, I don't, I don't get it. To me, if I'm the Detroit Lions, I am thrilled, thrilled that he's available at number two. Now, will you admit there is some bust factor? Sure. I, I, I think so. Like, do you think he's a lock to be an all-pro? Not his, not like Jamar Chase, all-pro, like rookie year. Right. I think he can be an all-pro in the NFL, absolutely. But I don't think oh, he's can. a lock. No, no, no. But will he? Yeah. Like, is there a bust factor? So, so here's here's where we get into the, your, your draft jargon for you. Aiden Hutchinson has a higher floor. Yes. I, I think yes. Aiden Hutchinson comes in and contributes right away no matter what. There is bust potential with Kayvon Thibodeau. I don't think it's because of his interest outside of football. I, I, I just think that there's bust potential in the player. Um, and, and that's specifically the on-field stuff, not anything to do with that, with outside of that. So, I, I, but I would be beyond thrilled if I'm the Detroit Lions and he is available at number two. I would abs I would scoop him in a heartbeat. If I'm the Jaguars, I would prefer actually Kayvon Thibodeau at number one than Aiden Hutchinson. So if you if you were ranking Thibodeau, Hutchinson, Walker, 
you'd go Thibodeau, Hutchinson, Walker? Uh, I, yeah, I wouldn't even have Walker in my top three. But if I if it's only those three guys, then yes. Okay, because, I mean, Walker's in that conversation. Whether we like it or not, Walker's in yes. that conversation. Yeah, he would be my number three then. If those are the three guys I'm choosing between, I would go Thibodeau, Hutchinson, Walker. Okay, um, so now I want to get in. There's a, the next tier of guys, I guess, and one of them we get back to our Batman and Robin conversation. Um, David Ajabo out of Michigan. Now, there's a couple issues here. He got to play opposite Aiden Hutchinson, which I think is really beneficial. That's going to help. And then he tore his Achilles in workouts. We all saw the video where yes. people were being criticized for not really caring, just like grabbing the ball and ignoring him and not worrying about his physical health. Um, he is certainly an impressive athlete. Like you watch him. Yeah. And he's impressive. Like yep. the four, five, five, 40, whatever, six, five, two fifty. Like he, to me has upside as a pure pass rusher. I'm not sure what else he is beyond pure pass rusher, but I think he could be a really high end, like stand up edge rusher in the NFL. Like Matt, like I think Vontae he, Miller-esque, uh, not sure. quite that high or Von Miller. Why? Yeah. I don't know who Vontae, but Vaughn. Yeah. Uh, but Von. like Matt Judon, I think he could be every bit as yeah. good as Matt okay. Judon. Like, yeah, I think that makes sense. I, I don't. I agree with you. I don't think he is not a great run defender by no. any means. So if you're drafting him, expecting him to play on all three downs, you're wrong. That's not what's going to happen right off the bat. But I think he's an exceptional athlete. I think there's a lot, a, a lot of great things about the way he uh, pass rushes. Um, but I think, I think he needs to benefit from playing opposite someone like Matt Judon at least to start his career. Right? I think maybe. Three, four years from now, he yep. can be the Batman. But I think if you're coming into the NFL right now, if I'm a team drafting him, I need to have a Matt Judon or a Joey Bosa or a Nick Bosa or somebody opposite him in order for him to really excel. How high would you take him with the injury? Because of the injury, I probably wouldn't take him uh inside of like 22 23 yeah like if i'm the patriots i wouldn't take him i'm not sure i would take him in the first round like there's that chance I, like i i think there's a lot to love and i so i think the back end of the first round seems fair but i wouldn't be at all shocked if he fell out of the first round um okay so another guy that was a i haven't seen his name as much recently but um early on was sort of an option for the patriots at 21 was purdue's George Karloftis. Um, yeah, I love this guy. I like him. I don't love him. And I could see the Patriots loving him because I think he's their kind of player. He definitely. So he's definitely their kind of. So I disagree in some ways. Like I think overall as an as an as an athlete, he would fit the Patriot mold. But I just think the way he rushes the passer is a little too erratic for what Belichick likes to do. I think. Belichick likes you to skate your lane a yep. lot of the time. Yep. Uh, and, and I don't think Karloftis does that. He is a tremendous athlete, which is why he doesn't do that. He has like an insane counter move, like inside off the tackle. Uh, also, fun fact for you, he starred on the under-16 Greek national water polo team at the age of 13. That's Tells you what awesome. kind of athlete he is. He's also on like Bruce Feldman's uh, freaks list yep. in the weight room. Yep. Uh, so that kind of tells you the kind of athlete he is. I don't, again, I think this is just like a step down version of Aiden Hutchinson, not to propel the white guy on white guy comparison. You saw a white guy, so you compared him to the other white guys. No, so I, here's, here you go. I'm going to, I'm going to break the mold here. I think he could be very Calias Campbell-esque. Okay. Where he's a very big body. He can get after the pass rush. It's very unlikely he's going to break into the double-digit sack mark. He That's might, but he could He could consistently be like eight to eight and a half sacks every single year. Yeah, I, that's I. That's why I said he's a Patriot, because to me, he looks like the cliche, you know, not Rob Ninkovich, because I think he's a better player and better athlete, but like he'll set yeah. the edge when you tell him to set the damn edge. He can rush the passer, but he's never going to be like a defensive player of the year pass rusher. Um, yep. Like all-around athletic talent that that i think they like at that position um like i i i wrote like trey flowers look at me not being racist like look at see, good we're breaking great. the mold here, Andy. like I, I don't think yeah. he'll ever be a great player trey but, hendrickson maybe yeah so like you like, max out at like trey hendrickson that kind of makes sense yes so 
I could see him being a potential pay, depending on where he falls. Cause I think now his stock, yeah, I just now. don't think he's going to make it past the Eagles. He seems really connected to the Philadelphia Eagles in the teens. So yep. I just, I don't see him making it out of there. If he does, I think it's absolutely in play for the Patriots. I'm just not sure he makes it out of the teens. And um, I do want to just recap. I am. I think this is the most fascinating first round we've had in a long time. I completely like, agree. I think anyone that gets like a few of the mock drafts, right? Like I, I think it's going to be really hard because you from one straight on down through, I think there are questions, even places where like, you know, suddenly Jamison Williams going to the jets at 10, like some of those yep. things. But I just think there is so much uncertainty. I think beauty is in the eye of the beholder in a lot of situations this year. And I think it's going to be really fun to watch who's available, who goes early, who goes late, that whole process. So you mentioned talking about mock drafts. So I, I think it was last year, actually, uh, Josh Norris, um, God, I, it's where he works is escaping me right now. Um, but he set the the quote-unquote record for like the most accurate mock draft ever mm -hmm. last year. He nailed 17 players and to the correct team and had, I want to say it was like 29 of 32 correct first-round players. Wow. Um, this year, I don't think those numbers are going to be matched no. because I think, I think this year anything is possible. Yeah, I think – I think early on anything's impossible. And then and then later, like, I don't know. I feel like this year, if you get 20 of 32 or something, 20, some low 20s, I think you could have a good um, good first round hit rate, not even with nailing the team and the, the exact pick. Um, yeah. I think it's all over the map. I'm really interested to see where it goes. Um, speaking of going somewhere, let's go to Jermaine Johnson, uh, Florida Finally. State. Um, comps on him. I saw Max Crosby, which is a good one these days. Okay. Uh, 6'5", 254, 458. Um, he spent two years at Georgia and then blew up when he got the So first. this is the other Georgia guy yeah. I was talking about. So I don't know if that's like opportunity, if that's change of scenery, I, scheme. Again, but... I think we've mentioned it. I think Georgia defensive linemen um, are asked to – run defend more than pass rush. Right. And so I think a lot of it was in fact opportunity because when I watch this guy play, this guy's an effing monster. Uh, that's what like, I was thinking. <laughs> if I'm taking a shot in the middle, middle of the first round, end of the first round and he's available, yep. I want to take this guy Agreed. because I think ceiling wise, he might have one of the highest ceilings out of any D, D end in this draft. Well, that's why like you brought up um, Carlaftis getting like maybe late teens, whatever. Yep. I would take Johnson over him any day I mean, i don't know so, where johnson's gonna go like we'll see but we'll i think right now when you look at like gambling odds i want to say his draft position over under was like 13 and a half yeah like i would if he's available i would consider him because he's like i know it's one year and you're like oh what's going on but i'll take him to me the upside is there the 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 hit yeah this kid's a monster i mean he had what 11 and a half sacks last yep. season 17 and a half for loss like he started at Juco, went to Georgia, transferred to Florida State. Like he did the whole nine. But he has the I motor. Kid, like, I, okay. He, I just think this kid can ball, man. Like, has, this is this is what I want in the middle of the first round. And he like when I watch him, it's just like he has the ability. And then there's like that Rudy like relentlessness. Like he just Yes. The effort is always there. And, Which everybody says Aiden Hutchinson has and doesn't give enough credit to Jermaine Johnson. Right. Like he's constantly grinding which i absolutely love i think he can absolutely be a pro bowl caliber impact edge guy in the nfl and i uh by the way just to update that jermaine johnson's draft position is actually nine and a half not 13. okay so yeah i mean well that's the one thing like the more we watched this like there's a lot of freaking good edge players in this draft there's so many like right. i i i told you before we started this i i had like eight ish on my list on and before not including the interior guys right and i was like but there's so many more you could talk about that, really, that actually have value in the middle rounds a hundred percent like there's going i feel like we could look at this like sort of the wide receiver class from a couple of years ago and you're like wow there was yes. impact yep. edge guys in that draft and like not just oh hutchinson yeah well what about the guy who went fifth or sixth and has been in the pro bowl twice in four years yeah. or something and it wouldn't shock me too if like Hutchinson, uh, Thibodeau, Karloftis, Johnson, a guy we'll probably get to in a minute, all hit, and Trayvon Walker doesn't. Uh, yeah, no, that, that would not stun me at all. No question. <laughs> not even a little bit. No question. Um, so who'd you want to hit on? Uh, Arnold Ebiketti. Perfect. I was actually, he was my next. I just wanted you to say it. 
Perfect. Yeah, I I I really like Ebiketti. He's a little small. Yep. Um, he's almost like like a normal Patriots linebacker size. Yep. That's how small he is. Uh, but I, I think there's a chance his you could see his name floated about if he's available for the Patriots. I I just it makes sense to me. He's very versatile. He has yep. ridiculous counter moves. Uh, and I think being opposite, again, another guy who I think being opposite a Batman would really, really help to start in his NFL career. Um, I, I think the, the late breakout concerns me a little bit, yep. but I think I think with some fine-tuning, he could be a legitimate pass rusher in the NFL. I mean, he did change schools. He went from Temple yep. to Penn State. Um, second team all is an upgrade. Uh, nine and a half sacks. Uh, the interesting thing I found here, because I like these little side notes from their bios, born yep. in Cameroon in the same town as Joel Embiid. Wow, that's actually kind of funny. I think that's very interesting. Um, I would say so. Certainly has um, some upside. He has the length. He's explosive. Um, he's athletic. Uh, and then you read like he's always smiling, like he loves. Football, yeah, that's what I love to hear. That whole thing. Um, so, yeah, he's an interesting guy that I think in another year might be more well thought of. But because of the depth of this class and, and sort of the high end guys in this class doesn't get um, some love. Uh, OK, let's move down a little bit, because another guy I've seen um, in the Patriots 21st is the kid out of Minnesota, Boye Mafe, Mafa. Yep, Mafe. Um, 6'4", 265. Some people call compare him to Rashawn Gary. Um he, you know, that tweener outside linebacker, defensive end build, uh, yep. four, five, three, forty. I didn't love him. I didn't really love like watching him. I was like, meh. Like, yeah. I mean, again, I think part of it is he plays for Minnesota too. So, be. like, I think that has to be taken into account. I think he's fine. I mean, he was pretty good at the state at the Senior Bowl. Um, but just in regular game, he, he definitely has a motor. So like, I, I think he can compete, but I just don't know how high the ceiling is with him. I think is my biggest question. Yeah. And, um, only 13 starts. If I'm reading my notes correctly, um, good, not superior production. And the thing that I noticed, yep. I felt like he always, I always write it this way. I don't know if this is technically sound, but gives his chest up. Like he just lets the offensive line yeah. and get to just punch chest. him square in the chest. Yep. And, 100%. He has no, he no, he no baton yeah, or whatever you no. know, the mallet, like whatever you want to call it. He gives yep. it up, and I, I don't like that. Um, so I, I think he's going to be overdrafted. I'm not all that high at him. Ooh, now, okay. a guy that I, okay, let, let's go one more guy that I'm not all that high on, and then there's one guy that I am a little higher on than I probably should be, or a couple guys. Um, Nick Benito out of Oklahoma, um, yep. comp to Vic Beasley, um, definitely a little undersized outside linebacker type. 235, yeah. 6'3, um, 4540. Um, yeah, interesting. One thing that piqued my interest reading his bio is he had scholarship basketball offers to Wake Forest and Minnesota, as well as his football offers to Oklahoma and other places. Shocked he didn't play tight end. And then you look at him and you realize why he's got, he's really skinny. He's got a lanky basketball type build, yep. like the lower body um, just isn't there. To me, he looks like purely stand-up sub-rusher type um, in the NFL. And then I even – I didn't love some of his his effort and his motor. To me, he kind of looked like he was jogging around, lollygagging at times. And Mm. so I'm down on uh, uh, Benito. I don't know how much you had – yeah, I, I don't. I don't have a ton on Benito. I didn't really love him either. Uh, he didn't pique my interest all that much. Um, I I thought he had some explosion, but it, it didn't have the size that I would normally prefer. Uh, and I agree with you. I think he is a stand up sub rusher all the way. No, no in between. Okay, so now I have two options that I would consider second for one, and maybe a third day option for the other. Um, okay, Josh Pascal out of uh, Kentucky. Uh, Ooh, okay. I really liked, and some of it, not going to lie to you, being suckered into his story. He had cancer, came back from cancer. Actually, from what I read in some stuff, like had to learn how to walk again. Um, wow. And so certainly there's a red flag there from a football perspective. Like I need him For to sure. compete as an elite athlete, but um, has gotten back. Uh, I think he was a second team All-American, three-year starter, three-time captain, which will always peak Bill Belichick's type interest around always. the football team. Um, I know, is it Mark Stoops? That's the, one of the Stoopses that works there was like 
loving him in terms of what he brings to the program. And he looks like a Patriot in that 270, plays the run, plays the pass, sets the edge. Actually very good against the run, too, for a small, not like a a D-tackle. Right. So to me, he just feels like a a football player that would fit in Bill Belichick's system. And I think Bill would embrace – what he's gone through and probably the character yes. he has to kind of come back. I bet, I bet if he's available in the third round, I would not be shocked if the Patriots take a look. That's at what I wrote. Third round. Yes, please. Looks like Patriot. And then yep. day three, uh, you can never fail. When you look at Alabama, uh, Christopher Allen, who was an outside okay. linebacker for Alabama, uh, five career starts has dealt with uh, a couple different injuries. Missed a year with an ACL missed a year last year with a foot injury. But when he's been on the field, he's productive. Like in 2020, the, he had six sacks, 13 tackles for a loss. Um, to me, he has average quickness, but decent power. And okay. I think Bill's okay with that. In fact, that's probably some of the things we criticize him for. Like maybe he doesn't fixate on speed and quickness enough and yep. much on the power. Um, but I see him as like an NFL, like backup outside linebacker, rusher who could play the run. Now, I don't know that they have a need there. They certainly have a number of guys now who in that mold, the Ronnie Perkins, the Josh Uche's, I don't, you know, kind of depth pieces unless one of them emerges. Um, But coming from Alabama and sort of his, his story of undervalued, hasn't played a lot. You might get a little diamond in the rough type there. I think Christopher Allen's a guy to keep an eye on. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I think the Alabama connection always, especially middle to late rounds is always going to play a factor. Okay, so uh, did you have anybody else you needed to uh, squeeze in? Uh, yeah, so the last person I wanted to mention was Drake Jackson out of USC. Yep. Uh, I kind of like him. Okay. Uh, I, I think there's a lot to work with. I, I think there's some things that need to be refined uh, with the technique, but I love the length. I, I he, he seems very fluid in his pass rush. Um, I thought he had really good bend, kind of trying to get after the quarterback. So I, I kind of like Drake Jackson. He's not – my favorite by any means, but I think he would be an interesting day three kind of pick. Okay. So in the first couple, day three, yeah. Yeah. In the first, that'd be Saturday. That's when everybody stops paying attention except the real fans. Is that the third round? No. Or do they do two and three round. on Friday? Two and three on Friday and then fourth. Okay. Seven. Then, then, then day two pick. Okay. Third round, not third day. You think? Yes, okay. exactly. Um, you can you hear my dog? Didn't like that. Yeah. Howling. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, where would you, if I said the Patriots take a defensive lineman in the first round, who or what do you think it would be? Which style or, or are we talking Jordan Davis? I, or are we talking more uh, edge? I would love if, if they got like Jermaine Johnson. Oh, I think God, yeah. I, I would be, yeah. I would be over the moon. Yep. But I think if you're talking, if the Patriots get a D lineman, I, I think it's going to be someone more like Arnold Devichetti. Um, uh, I, I don't think they go D-tackle in the first round. I think you'll see them attack D-tackle in the second, depending who's there, or the third, fourth. Okay. But I, I just don't think that the, that's a first-round option after having drafted Barmore, who probably, I think on their board, was a first-round talent, yep. uh, but that they got in the second. So, like, I don't think they're going to double dip in the first round at D-tackle two years in a row. I just I just don't see that out of Belichick, uh, especially when you have so many other needs. So I think Edge would be the most likely, and if I had to put a name to it, I would go Arnold Ebichetti. Okay. And will you be upset? Cause I have sort of fixated on, yes, I still want Jamison Williams somehow, some way. Yep. Um, I still kind of want an impact receiver, still want a cornerback like the idea of a linebacker. Still, I'm not as hot on the defensive line. Like it won't, it's not a guard. I won't go to that degree. Um, yep. but I'm not overly excited about much defense unless that, like you said, if they can get Jermaine Johnson, like if they have a, a impact edge guy that Send drops, yeah, oh yeah, that I'd love because then we get into I don't care who's Batman or who's Robin. If I have Judon and a guy that I think has a, like huge upside, we just have good pass rushers. Whoever you want, yeah. Call. Like so, it, and you look around the NFL, it seems to be kind of the wave, right? Uh, the Chargers trade for Khalil Mack. Now it's Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, yep. and, and out in Oakland you have. Um, Max Crosby. And so like there's, and there's so many double pass rushing units now that, that I think it's part of the essential game, right? How do you stop the pass? You play great in the secondary and you rush the passer. That's how you win. And the Patriots don't have cornerbacks. So maybe they put a premium on rushing the passer a little bit more. Bingo. 
Um, okay, so that's going to wrap up our uh, little discussion about the defensive line, edge rushers, defensive tackles, our various thoughts on the white guys being compared to other white guys. And I will say, I'm going to say David Ajabo is going to be a star. I, I really liked what I saw Ooh, from him. Okay. And I think he might have, I may regret this, I think he may have more upside than Hutchinson. I think Hutchinson, as you said, has a, a better floor. Ooh. Okay. I think Ajabo, as a young, developing kind of guy coming off an injury, is going to get a little bit forgotten and then is going to sneak up on people with like 14 sacks a couple of years from now. And it's going to be like, ooh, that was a good value pick. They got taken an injured guy. So just more- my, my prediction for the defensive lineman, I, w- I think this is something we should have done all, all series is make a prediction at the end of each episode for a player or two. My defensive line prediction is Kayvon Thibodeau and Jermaine Johnson are going to be the best two pass rushers in this draft class, and it's not even going to be close. Okay, and who's the best of the two? I'm gonna I'm gonna go Johnson. I'm gonna go Jermaine Johnson's the best pass rusher in the class. And we all know you're always right with your predictions, whether it be Celtics opponents and their point totals or whatever. Hey, I said I said Mac Jones not top ten, and I was right. Damn it. (laughs) Okay, he's Chris Scheim. I'm Andy Hart. This has been another off day podcast focused on the prospects from the 2022 NFL Draft. We are about a week away from the big day. We are going to wrap things up in the week leading up to the draft with some talk about linebackers. We'll get into the Devin Lloyds and the Kobe Deans of the world. We will talk about the quarterbacks a little bit because, well, quite frankly, you always have to talk about the quarterbacks. And then we'll kind of pull everything together in advance of next Thursday night when the Patriots and the rest of the NFL, not everybody, actually eight teams won't have a pick in the first round, but um, (laughs) when the whole NFL is focused on that first round excitement and the draft, and I do want to remind people, no matter where you are, you can listen to me, Andy Hart, and Mike Mutmanansky on Draft Night on WEEI on the Odyssey app. We will be doing seven to midnight, taking you through the entirety of the first round. Whatever the Patriots do, trade up, trade down, trade down, trade out, whatever they do, we will be there to recap it. Uh, but again, we'll be back next week with another off-day podcast. He's Chris Scheim. I'm Andy Hart. Peace out. See ya. You've been listening to the Off Day Podcast with Andy Hart and Chris Shine on WEEI.com and the Odyssey app.